Welcome to Order Up, the restaurant operations podcast brought to you by Ops Analytica. Hey there, it's Tommy from Ops Analytica. Hey, we've all heard the saying, garbage in, garbage out. And that is especially true when it comes to the data that you're collecting from your employees and your franchisees. Some of the data is accurate. You have good, thoughtful people working on your team, and some of the data is not. The problem is, how do you determine the good data from the bad data? And more importantly, how do you get the bad data out of there so you're not basing your time and your analysis and your decisions on the garbage? Well, Ops Analytica has solved that for you with our new data accuracy scoring algorithm. Within this algorithm, we can determine which data is good, which data is bad. And when you get into the dashboards, you are literally one click away from filtering out all the garbage and focusing all your attention and energy on analyzing the good data. It's a game changer for anybody who who believes in data-driven decision-making. So please check us out at opsanalytica.com and get a demo today. Hey there, Order Up Show. It's Tommy. I'm back with another interview. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Robert Foster. How are you doing, Robert? I'm doing great. Thanks, Tommy. Oh, you're, uh, well, glad to have you on the show today. And, uh, you know, so Robert, the deal is this. We always ask the same five questions of every guest. And uh, I'm always most excited for the first one. So let's jump in. Explain what you do today, but then take us through your career progression. Where did you start and how did you get there? Absolutely. Um, well, today I'm working as the COO for uh, Vertel Hospitality. It's a uh, management company that started just about a year ago, um, right before the, the virus kicked in. So we were pretty excited. Numbers were up. January, February looked great. Um, I was building a management company from scratch and um then boom <laughs> we had the coronavirus so we 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 were lucky we had an owner that uh, allowed us to kind of jump in and continue to build the company throughout that period and it's been a great great year um where i started um i uh started out i was looking for a fun job for the summer and i started out as a towelboy at a resort in scottsdale arizona in the 90s and I was uh, loving, I was sporting the dolphin shorts and, uh, and uh, cleaning tile all day and handing out towels. Fell in love with the customer side and, and, and the company I worked for uh, thought I had what it took to be a hotel guy. So started growing the ranks with, and that was with Red Lion Hotels on the West Coast. Um, great company in those days. Um, kind of worked my way through with them in different cities. Um, learning different trades, uh, moving into management, you know, kind of moving my career along from, uh, you know, front desk room side, then finally got a chance to learn the F&B side, did all full service hotels and left them to go to Weston when Doubletree was, when Doubletree bought Red Lion. Um, worked, worked from there into the GM role and, and into a vice president role from there and then vice president of ops and then now here. So that's the quick, quick, dirty version. Absolutely. And, and Rib, just so everyone knows, you guys are a hotel management company, right? How many properties do you have? Well, we have five properties right now. We have four open and we open one in July. We have one coming open at Element by Weston in July that we're going to open. Oh, cool. Yeah. Element by Weston. 
You know, it's funny. I just interviewed another guy who's a manager of, or he's a manager of an element down in Asheville, North Carolina. Scott Kirchner. Yes. He works for me. Are yeah, you serious? He, yeah, he works with us. Yeah. Yeah. Really sharp guy. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super sharp. That's so great. Yeah. So, and then, so are you guys private equity funded? Um, most of it. So right now, um, as we, when we opened, um, these are four hotels that have been existing for years in the family. And, um, we, um, I apologize for that, but we, uh, the, the family decided to start this management company. So it's all been, yeah, it's all been private, uh, fun, privately funded to this point. Yeah. Cool. And then is the plan to just run those four or five hotels or is the plan to expand out and start gobbling up other properties we would love to 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 expand um you know that's what we've been spending our time on in this last year we've developed all the structure from uh human resources to a, a very strong sales and revenue management team accounting processes operational processes uh so we're ready i mean I, we're already doing a little consulting work with one company and uh, getting our foot in the door. I think we're a very unique uh, group that uh, makes hotel management a very simple process for the owner. Uh, that's, that's wonderful. And so the idea be, being that you would be a management company and you would go and partner up with, you know, developers who have developed these buildings and you would take over the day-to-day -day ops and, you know, make a fee. Absolutely. Yeah, that and uh, we're going to, we, we probably will grow our portfolio as well. That's great. Yeah. Okay, cool. So what's okay, so that's question number one. So all right. Question number two. What's the big project or initiative that you're working on right now? You know, I think the uh, you know, going back to the infrastructure of our company, um, you know, we've designed everything from we we really, you know, there were things in place already, but we decided to scrap everything in zero, kind of zero base everything. And we really kind of took an approach that um you know what's the company we've always wanted to work for and and work with and so we've really taken this approach of tearing apart like the handbook and starting there and um building uh reporting structures that are easy for the gm so they can focus on the day-to-day -day operation and be successful on the property level um we don't want to be that corporate office that just bogs people down uh so they can't focus on what's most important in their operations so we've that's that's basically been the core piece of my year is just really been working with this group to build all the infrastructure so that we can go out and start picking up uh, additional hotels. Well, and it, you know, are you familiar with Let Us Entertain You restaurants? Uh, no, uh -uh. no. So Let Us Entertain You is out of Chicago and they have like uh they have about 100 units uh all over chicago and that area of the country i don't know if they're out of there i don't know if they go beyond like that illinois wisconsin sort of area but like their whole thing was that it didn't matter they had all these different concepts right and, and a lot of times they were always unique restaurants like they were they never really had multiple units of one of one concept that the, this and they were huge in the 80s and 90s but their whole thing was if you were a manager for let us entertain you they standardized every system it was all excel based back in the day yeah. they standardized every system so it didn't matter if you were working at the chinese restaurant if they needed you to go fill in at the diner right right 
you could walk in and those clipboards and those ex processes were exactly the same. And that manager could walk in, grab the things that they were used to seeing and just start managing that restaurant, right? So they exactly. really just tried to standardize the operation, even though they were different properties, different menus, different brands, didn't really matter because the core operation was the same. And that's kind of sounds like what you guys are looking to do as well with these different hotels. Is yeah, you're just yeah. getting your systems in place. Yeah, that way when you build bench strength within your company, if you promote somebody to a different property, they jump right in, yep. the systems are running. The only thing the only thing you're keeping, you know, uh, a little more uh, tailored is to the owner and to the the general manager. You want the general manager to have a little bit of freedom when it comes to the creativity at the property level, but absolutely on the operations side, it's simple. You can do it at any hotel we have. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I've been, we've been talking a lot about uh, on the podcast, not not you and I so much, but we are, we're going to this path, but <laughs> I don't know what I just said there. Uh, by the way, I have huge ADD, Robert. So if you haven't caught that yet. You, you and I are going to along just uh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, did, I didn't take my Vyvanse today. So, uh, you know, I, I'm struggling here. Um, but when we talk about like the hospitality industry as a whole, and I've been making this, uh, statement quite a bit lately on the podcast, but I, I, I believe it firmly. There are those companies that are, I'm going to say modern companies that are, that are focused on data systems and process, and they want to make data driven decisions. And then they are prof, they are profitable or moving towards profitability. And then there's everybody else who's doing it the way we did it in 1980. Exactly. And those guys are getting eclipsed. Yeah. And, and so if you're, and I keep saying this on the podcast, because I, I have listeners out there and I want you guys, if you're not in an organization that is focused on those three things, uh, systems, process, and making data-driven decisions, you're going to be out of a job. And, and, you know, I don't know when, because, you know, our mm. industry moves like at glacial pace sometimes. But <laughs> literally, people are doing it right now, and they're going to incrementally get better than you, and they're going to start winning. Yeah, I think and you know the two. The two oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Please, I sorry. I think the two, you know, the two of the latest consulting jobs I've done, both were very clear. It was very easy to walk in and identify the four or five things that you could do quickly to move your index. And you know, you see these hotels, and they're running in the seventy percent index range quickly flip a few switches, turn on a few faucets with some data. And, and uh, it's amazing how quickly you can turn a building around nowadays with all the data that's in front of you to make decisions. And uh, yeah, I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. And real So I want to get into that real quick. Is index occupancy percentage? Is that what you call index? Yeah. The, the index is actually from a RevPAR index. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know the the total between your the rev the revenue per available room, which is is a mix of your occupancy and your ADR index. Yeah, so it's your fair okay. share. So of I your, wasn't familiar with that. Yeah, it's a fair share of your market. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you're looking at the hotels in your direct competition area, right? And you're saying, okay, these are all. So my fair show, I have 200 rooms, and there's let's say a thousand rooms within my little trade area, right? Right. So I should be getting 20% of the bookings, right? Or whatever. And right. then your daily room rates, 
and what you're actually able to sell for and you put together and that you calculate an index and that's what you that's a kpi that you use to manage um how well the property's doing yeah exactly and you know star the star reports from smith travel research do that for us and uh, i'm just amazed at how many people are don't understand that piece um i'm surprised still um Oh, so there's a third-party company that you subscribe to that gives you yeah. that information. So all the ho the hotel industry gets that star index information. That's a that's an industry standard. Um, that's sure. how we all track how we're doing. It's it's a matter of taking that data and then going into your brand data and your market data and trying to figure out how to move that number that becomes sure. a little more, you know, a little more interesting. And and you'll find a lot of people just don't know how to do that. How to move that needle well it's really interesting that you say that because you know my platform i have a, a company and it's a operations management platform right mm -hmm. and uh what we've been talking about a lot lately um and and it's uh we call it ops analytica it's ops analytics but it's also the daily operational management of everything scheduling it all out that kind of stuff but what we've been really looking at lately uh, or like entertaining this concept, right, of sort of measuring what matters, if you will, right. and um, understanding that, like, you know, it, generally it's not one KPI, right? Like in this case, it's not one KPI. It's not just looking at your room. It doesn't matter if you're getting, you know, 150% like at your room rate, if your occupancy is 10%, right? Like, right, exactly. Because you yeah. just got the, the seven rich people that were willing to pay $300 a night for the room. <laughs> exactly. So it, you're looking at, the the two the two measures right or maybe even more measures together yeah. to come up with what I would call like an intelligent KPI because exactly. you know you can't you can't just look at occupancy either because you can look at occupancy guy I'm 100 occupancy well you're selling your rooms for a buck a night you're actually yeah. losing money faster right yeah exactly <laughs> so it's that it's the combo of both and so and that's what we've been really focusing on within our platform as well is okay what's really going to move the needle within the business, right? Because if we're not moving the needle within the business, who cares? It's all just right. dumb stuff. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So, we used to have, yeah, you know, so like, in the metal key days, we had the heads and beds or we had drive yeah. rate. You know, we nobody was focusing on both. And that's where RevPar came out about was kind of your revenue per available room is what that index comes from, you know, from, and it, and it balances your rate sure. and, your, and your occupancy. Absolutely. Cool. And it gives you one percentage or, you know, one number that you can go, okay, we're at a four or we're at 90 or whatever. Yeah. And then you go, okay, that's good. We want to be a 90 or above. Okay. Yeah. Your, your goal is to be 100% of your market share. Uh, and then you want to uh -huh. start, you know, then you want to start stealing somebody else's business. You know, it's nice to be in the one twenty to one thirty range. Then, you know, you're, you're making everybody else hurt around you. Uh, that's great. <laughs> and then, and then, what you're doing is you're saying, okay, well, if we have the hotels clean, we have good service, we have a good breakfast, you know, the pool is ready yeah. to go, the the, yeah. the room's nice looking, then hey, then we can start really digging into the guys that are struggling right now. Exactly. Yeah, you always want to be positioned to compete. Absolutely. We call it the gold medal. And team. then I get. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because when you're competing with other national brands, like there is no, I guess I was thinking about like, there is no, I mean, obviously you can pay for marketing ads, right? You, you could put yourself on like TripAdvisor and some of those things, 
which you would do individually as a property. But really, I mean, if I'm like, if there's a Hyatt across the street and then there's a Marriott and then, you know, whatever, all these different hotels, um, you know, they have all have websites and apps, right? Right. So it, you're not going to win there. You know, there's no, you've been able to book a hotel online since the 90s. So, <laughs> you know, there yeah. is no like, you know, it's not like the restaurants, right? Where like delivery was a differentiator there for like a year. You know, right. oh, this guy's yeah, delivery. Right. This guy doesn't. Now everyone's like, you know, even Steven again. Yeah, yeah. I think relationships really are becoming for us. It's relationships are becoming. They're coming back really big. I've I've always been a big relationship guy, but you know, when it, when the, when it, when you're in the heyday, the business is rolling in and different lead sources like crazy, and yeah. all you're doing is just trying to you know trying to take care of it all. And uh, I think COVID brought us back to some of our good old basic relationship building and community you know, involvement and everything, so, which was really good. It was healthy for us. So, yeah. 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 COVID was a blessing and a curse. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Because I would say curse was it, bigger, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, the blessing part was very small, but yeah, you can look at it because it did force people to go, Hey, what the hell? Okay. I got to get out of my comfort zone and I got to hustle. Exactly. Right? And yep. so that would be the very small blessing over yep. the giant poo sandwich that the rest of COVID was. Exactly. Right. But, you know, a lot of, a lot of businesses that needed to adopt technology to compete uh, did. And you saw operators that were scrappy, man, those scrappy guys, they got after it. And yeah. then, you know, the guys that were just tired, they just kind of, uh, um, yeah, we watch, we watch so, a lot of people just kind of blame their bad luck on, you know, on everything that was happening. And we kind of decided we were going to make our own luck at that point. There was a, there's gotta be a market happening and, and we've got to find it. And, and we did, we, we really did a great job. My team, the Vertel team did a phenomenal job of, of really, like you said, being scrappy and, um, they did a great job of keeping us afloat and moving in the right direction. So, you know, I'm lucky to be surrounded by a lot of great people. Yeah. Well, it's not luck though, because you probably pay well and you hired the right people. So we're doing because okay. If we attribute it, if we attribute it to luck, then you're giving people an out who aren't paying well and who aren't hiring good people and aren't taking the time to really, even when it's desperate, to like do the right thing for the next six months and just suck it up in the current term. Right. Um, you know what I mean? Fair point. And like, because just because the hospitality industry is such, and it's such a battle right now with like, you know, obviously so many of our employees are comfortable staying at home and getting this mm -hmm. unemployment, knowing that these jobs will be waiting for them on September 2nd, when the unemployment runs out or whatever day it is, you know what I mean? They can go out and get a job the next day. Right. It doesn't matter. There'll be jobs Absolutely. waiting for them, so they have no loyalty. But yeah. like, you know, I I have this theory, and I'm sure the podcast is gonna stop talking about this stuff, but like get some new materials, but they're probably screaming at me. But like, <laughs> you know, I I believe that the the you know, I believe in the Pareto principle, that 80-20 rule. And you know, that 20% of the hospitality restaurant industry is killing it and making 80% of the profits, and everybody else is kind of struggling. And I kind of go off of that. Like I, I kind of like lump everything into those kind of two broad categories, but you know, 
you talk to people, you talk to the companies that are doing really well, and you talk to, and I talk to a lot of them, and yourselves, restaurant companies, and and they're like, ah, I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I've heard of this labor crisis, but I'm just not experiencing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. we're actually hiring for the next eight months right now. You know, exactly. and we're getting applications, and you're just yeah. like, but then you talk to the people that are like. Oh my God, I have a manager. I've been like, they basically chained me to like the coal bar and I can't leave the restaurant, you know, right. because I can't get anybody to work in here. But then you go, well, what do you, you know, what do you guys offer? You know, nothing like eight bucks an hour, you know, no, no benefits, no career path. I'm a horrible right. manager, you know, yeah. like, well, okay, I, I get it, man. Yeah, so, I, you know, I, I agree with you. I mean, we've been, we've been really focused on, on, again, like I said, you know, from ground up, we've been really focused on being very, employee centered in our approach. And, you know, when everybody started throwing out these thousand dollar bonuses and stuff to get people to come interview, I told my team, I said, we are not using that crutch. That's, that's not what we need. We need to just be a great employer that people want to work for and we will bat, we'll get through this and we'll be fine. And so far it's worked for us. I, you know, I, I, I just, I watch those folks that just keep, you know, throwing things out there like that. And they're still looking for people. And, uh, you know, we've got a few openings here and there because we're opening a new building, but we're not struggling at any of our properties on staffing. And uh, we've just stayed away from those gimmicks and, and we believe in who we are and how we treat people and the opportunities we get. So, yeah, I bet you and I, my guess would be that you get a lot of friends and family of your current employees. You get a lot of referrals. Yeah, we you do. Know? You know, referrals are definitely a, a big strength of ours. Yeah, we do get a lot of internal. Now, we we do a bonus on that program because we like to reward our of staff course. for helping build our company. Absolutely. Yeah, we were kind of spending well, the yeah. incentives on our staff when everybody else was trying to pay people to come work for them. We've been focused on doing things for our team. And um, I think it's been paying off. I think it's been a great, great kind of uh, payoff so far. Well, and you know what it is too, is so much of this is energy, right? Right. You know, like, I don't care how much you pay me to work. If it's a dead restaurant, I'm not going to stay. Exactly. And I'm not to cook. That's a dishwasher. That's a hotel, an empty hotel. Like the guy who's going to stay at a dead property is the guy you would never want to hire. He's the guy you want to that hotel. Yeah. Yeah. You want him yeah, working. You, you don't want him. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's like on uh, that show. Uh, what's the name of that show? Shoot, 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 shoot. Uh, Shit's Creek. That yeah. girl who works the front desk in that yeah. hotel. You don't want her. No, you want her. She's you want her on right the show. The street. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You want her down the street, not giving good service to their yeah. customers. Chasing everybody and, down. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I had the I had the privilege of working at one of the hot chains in the early like uh, 2000s. I was at, I was at Chang's, you know, when Chang's was the hottest oh, yeah. thing. And like yeah. we would have a 90 minute wait on a Monday night. And like that that energy is contagious, whether it's the front of the house where they're making great tips or whether it's the kitchen where the shift just you like look down. You're like, holy hell, it's 10 o'clock. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah that's what those people want. They want to work in a place where there's energy, where it's professional, where, yeah. every, where the restaurant's successful or the hotel is successful. Oh, you, yeah. know, you want to be at a hotel that's 98% full because you, you know, you have a job 
you know that you're going to go in and clean rooms for, you might not even get done in eight hours. You might get a little OT out of that deal because exactly. you're going to be like just struggling to get through it versus the place where they're like, yeah, why don't you just, there's like four rooms, you know, I don't yeah. know, the pools, right. you know, you just I don't, don't know, know if you're going to be able to give you an hour. Yeah. Exactly. The yeah. hospitality industry feeds off of energy. And I also people that are there, that, there's that trench warfare mentality still of, you know, you build relationships when you're in the trenches with people, yeah. right? You're in the restaurant business Absolutely. and you're getting hammered every night and you're getting through it and you had each other's backs. There's something about that that's just great human nature. So, yeah. yeah. It, it foments a team. Yep. Right? Absolutely. Nobody has time to like, They'll let their like negative personality traits poison everything else exactly. because everyone's so damn busy just trying to get through the shift. And and then you're also proud, you know, yeah. Especially, oh, yeah. and that's when a lot of that stuff where like when the corporate comes in and says, congratulations for your hundred percent occupancy six months in a row, or your five diamond or blah, 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 all those like, you know, awards that come out from corporate or from yeah. trip advisor or whatever. Those when that's also when those people can take pride in stuff, right? It gives absolutely. them something to be proud of. Everybody had some, so yeah, absolutely, exactly. Yeah, it just wasn't the GM, the whole right. team was there. Yeah, we wouldn't have been 100% occupancy if you hadn't cleaned that toilet in the lobby. And right. thank you because that's what that's what got us this plaque on the wall, right? Absolutely, so, yeah, Everybody plays a part. Cool, yeah. so. I think we're on question three. All right. What is I see how organized this is? <laughs> I love uh, it. This is exactly how I think. <laughs> <laughs> what is the one thing in the industry or your business that's keeping you up at night? You know, I, I had a hard time with this one because, you know, I'm not really, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm stressed about anything right now, but I think it, I think what's kept me up all my life, any job I've done is just, I've got to win every day. And I love, um, you know, I, I am always looking for ways to improve the process and I don't, I'm frightened to death. I'm going to become flat and uncreative at some point and not keep up with the technology. So I work really hard at that. I find myself waking up in the middle of the night, reading articles and looking for a hotel that does something different that, you know, would inspire me to do something in my property. So I would tell you, that's probably what keeps me up at night more than anything. Um, it's just staying on my, keeping my competitive edge and being great at what I do and keeping my team heading in that same direction. So, you know, I have sure. to say, yeah, yeah. It's kind of a boring one, I guess, but. Oh, no. I mean, you know, I feel like with creativity is that it ebbs and flows. Like you'll get to a part where you're really stale and then it'll take some amount of time to, uh, to recognize that you're stale, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. it doesn't just like, you don't just go, oh man, I'm just stale right now. What the heck's wrong with me? It takes like, it takes a week or two or three or something. Oh, yeah. And then you'll go, oh man, then I'm stale. But then if you have a good process, you can go, oh man, I'm stale. Okay. I got to get some inputs in here. Right. Right. So let me go get some inputs and get inspired. And then that inspiration that might happen over some period of time. And then you get back to, okay, I'm on it again. Let's make this happen. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I get blamed for the opposite. My team blames me for overwhelming them with ideas sometimes. And I always remind them sure. they can put all those ideas in a parking lot. Unless I stop and say, we're doing this one. Let's all sit down. We're going to do this one. I need your feedback. But um, yeah. Uh, I, 
I don't get bored. I don't get bored very often, and it probably wears my team out on occasion. <laughs> no, I'm the same way. I have to talk. And also, I also am like an auditory thinker. So I yeah. have to talk it out with people. So they're just like, dude, you've said this like a thousand times. But I'm trying to work through, you yeah. know, I'm trying to get somewhere. You know what I mean? Right. And I just need to keep saying it until I hear it. And then yeah. I'll hear it and go, oh, okay. I see yeah, them no, I'm I can't explain it to anybody. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Do you draw a lot of pictures to explain your points and ideas? <laughs> not as much, but only because I'm not in person with people. Okay, got so it. Yeah. Our yeah. company, we all work remote. And I mean, I've been working remote since 2009. So um, we all have home offices. So I'm never like in a position to like draw that stuff out. Yeah. Um, but I do, I will like, uh, I will write stuff. And I write uh, most of our content. So like okay, I'll, I'll put it into a blog and just try to see what how it kind of comes out you know um so yeah uh okay cool so that's three there you go four what is the one thing you thought the hospitality or hotel industry i say hospitality um would be doing right now that it's not we've never done a great job of educating uh folks that are looking for careers that were a great career path um i think we've we've never been good at that and you know we if you walk into a sometimes you'll walk into some of the community colleges or universities that are teaching hospitality but a lot of the people that are even teaching the courses don't understand what the careers are or what the opportunities are so yeah. you know we've got to all get out the hotel industry's got to get out and spend more time talking to talking to the industry the educators um high schools junior high getting out and talking about yeah. the careers we offer. And, you know, you, you there, I remember growing up, I, you know, all you could be in your mind was a lawyer, a doctor or a firefighter, you know, kind of thing. And, yeah. and uh, you know, when I, when I walked into the hotel business, I, I was like, this is my fit. I wish someone would have told me about this earlier. And um, I'm, I really am passionate about that. I do a lot of connectivity with the university, the, the technical college and, and we work with the high schools and, uh, North Carolina workforce development on building education uh, to teach people that, you know, we're not just a front desk and a housekeeper. We're, um, you know, we have a sales, marketing, accounting, maintenance, engineering, you know, uh, Mark, uh, you know, the whole nine yards is, is here, HR, you know, the whole nine yards. So mm -hmm. um, I think that's what we've done poorly. And I don't know if we know how to fix that. I think some of the big brands, you know, Hilton and Marriott have done a great job of leading the charge in educating more of the younger uh, generations. Um, but I, I just, I still think we have a long way to go in that area. Well, I, and you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat this dead horse too, because I've been saying this for a while, you know, is I, I think it's the, is it the CHAA, the hotel and conference, whatever the hotel yeah. association is. And then the NRA, uh -huh. they've allowed popular culture to you know oh you work in the restaurant business or you work at mcdonald's you flip burgers right. you know like they they've learned that to, they've made that to be a derogatory thing or in the hotel industry it would be like oh are you gonna like go clean toilets in a hotel but right. they boiled it down to the lowest common denominator so it's almost like people who get into the hospitality industry are like well they they or you, are you gonna wait tables and get you know or dishwash like whatever it is and they, they stumble into the industry 
because they're just looking for a job that they can blow off easily or yeah. has a flexible schedule. And then, and then some percentage of them, me, you, we stay and make these careers out of them. And I know so many millionaires that are in the hospitality industry that are straight up making a killing yeah. across the board, doing so many different things. And you're just like, and, and, and the hotel association and the NRA have an obligation to do a public awareness campaign, probably focus it, like you said, on schools and, and maybe on high school kids or run some national ads or do something yeah. to get people to understand that this is a viable lifelong career that will be that you will have so many adventures and so many opportunities. And, 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 you know, it's not all about two, like you're, you're a CEO of a company. They're not in the hotel every day. You know, yeah. you're working in an office doing, you know, business strategy. We did, I just signed a, you know, I got a 200 like yum franchisee who's got a $250 million a year business. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, yeah. It turns and, into and it's probably make, yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. So yeah, they, they have to step it up. Cause you know, when you go to a hotel mm -hmm. restaurant school, like I went to university of Denver's hospitality school, uh, you know, Marriott Hyatt, those guys recruited, you know, into their management training programs. So they were coming out, but I mean, you know, so much of this industry too, you don't need a four-year degree to do. You just need to be a good people manager and understand some numbers and you can enter out of high school. You can start right. in high school and work yeah. your way up. And, you know, you mentioned, so, you mentioned the uh, ADD thing earlier. I think we're great at industry for that <laughs> because we really, oh, we, yeah. don't, we don't sit and focus on one thing for very long at all. And the, the industry kind of almost works like our brain does. So um, I always kid oh, yeah. when I go to talk to high school students, you know, that are those kids that are like, I don't know if I can go through four years of college and I don't, you know, I'm not a good tester or, you know, and I'm like, this is a sure. great industry to get into if that's your personality. If you love being around other people, especially people that are just genuinely fun to be around. Uh, we love taking care of others so that, you know, the camaraderie and everything's amazing. And, um, you know, I, and then there's careers past that. So, I, you know, I, I can't tell you how many people have started with me that were just, you know, I've been in the break room and it was a housekeeper that's now a general manager. Um, and yeah. I, I love it. That's my favorite part of my job is developing people. From, you know, you get somebody that doesn't think they're going to do anything else in life and you grab them and start training them, developing them, and then they become a GM and, their kids and family are in a home now. They own a house and, you know, it's just, it's a beautiful yeah. thing. And our industry does that every day. Yep. It's awesome. And, you know, especially like with the hotel industry, I think more of the hotel industry, if you get in with a big brand um, or, you know, a big management company, yeah, you can live in some of the greatest places in the world. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> and you can, and then on vacation, you, know, you can even travel to better places. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. Like they're hiring. I, I have all these guys from the four seasons and like, they're like, we're hiring like a guy in the Maldives. And I'm like, right. Oh my God, I'm killed to live in the Maldives. There, <laughs> like, yeah, there's so many guys like, thinking like, I want to be the guy that rents sailboats <laughs> on the beach. You know, at oh, one of those, I think that's what I'm going to retire doing, you know, selling popsicles on a beach in the Maldives or you know, someone like that. But, Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I want to be. Yeah, I want to be like the captain that, like, hey, let's go sail the catamaran around, just smoking cigars with people. Exactly. Oh yeah, let's get some like let's get some sashimi out here and let's go fishing. Oh. Okay, cool. Let's go home. 
And, yeah. and, and the best thing about that guy is he never worries about like, you know, his job. Like, right. That's one of the downsides of being a leader uh, of a business is that like you woke up in the middle of the night going, oh my God, did I do this? I got to keep abreast. The guy yeah. who's like running a sailboat, that guy just yeah. has a couple beers and sleeps like a baby. Exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> that, sometimes that's how I always kid my wife. I said, I, one day I might come home and have quit my job and I'm going to go be a volunteer at a campsite, you know, chopping wood and teaching kids about snakes at a campsite and I'll be done. Oh, but, yeah. But I love what I do. I, I, well, I've never lost the passion for this. So I, I don't see that happening anytime soon. Now, it's always different, too. That's the other thing, too. It's, it's the always best different. Part. Yeah. Like, every day you go in and there's some new dumb problem that you have to solve for somebody. And when you do a good job of it and you're they're just so grateful, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's just like that. It's such a nice thing. Sorry. Yeah. Cool. So we're on question number five, the war story part of things. Okay. So uh, just give us a cringeworthy story. You know, something crazy, something that you can't believe you got through. Doesn't Man, have to be gross. Just has to be one of those weird ones. Yeah, we, you know, we always kid around. Everybody, everybody in the hotel industry should have written a book by now because we all have some great stories. And I was trying to keep uh, my my story where it made where it would uh, fit. I have two. One, I'll tell you real short, quick one. I was a bellman and I got called to go help a guest get back in the room. When I got down there, the girlfriend, they were both undressed and she pushed him out in the hall when he was putting the room service tray and the door closed behind both of them. So they were both in the hallway with the room service tray covering <laughs> them up, waiting for me to open the door. I'll never forget that one. Um, and then I, I think my the story that sticks in my mind the most is I had a guest once as a front desk manager that was so upset because he wasn't getting his way. Um, <laughs> we just couldn't accommodate what he needed. It wasn't, it just wasn't possible. And he was screaming at me so loud, the gum shot out of his mouth and into my hair. And um, <laughs> I think this was my, this was my, you know, this was my teaching moment and humility of just saying, you know, in my head, this isn't personal. He's not mad at me. And I just kind of started laughing and he stormed off, uh, showed up about two hours later with a big container of, uh, bubble yum, bubble gum to apologize. But um, I remember oh having cut a big patch out of my hair that night. And, um, but that's, you know, two, two of my stories. The others probably wouldn't fit in a, uh, in a public forum. <laughs> oh, <laughs> a hey, man. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to get fired. No, I don't want to lose my job. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is that I was a Bellman too, which, it was like my favorite job ever. Like it I was the and my best friend worked there in high school. Yeah. And it was like so much freedom and so much cash when the hotel was oh, yeah. busy. Like I, I would consider Bellmaning today sometimes. Just yeah, I like would, on a bad day. I'm like, well. <laughs> yeah, I always tell people that's what that's the other retirement plan. I'll just be a Bellman or resort somewhere. So Yeah. That'd be a lot I of mean, fun. Oh, here's yeah. your TV. There's your clicker. Give me my 30 bucks. Thank you. And you're everybody's but, uh, hero. You're always the guy fixing things. You're never the yep. guy that messed things up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's, just, that's so funny because someone else just said that the other day that would have been a Bowman too. But I, I'm mad because I never got to see anyone naked. And like, <laughs> but I know all these people that were Bowman, they were always seeing people naked. I'm like, what's going on, man? Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I always, I always well, get around well, people who go to hotels to do the things they don't do at their own home. So, you know, uh, it's just that industry. It draws a lot of funny stories and individuals and it's, it, that's what makes it so interesting and, and entertaining. 
Uh, absolutely. Well, Robert, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I truly appreciate it. It was a great interview. And, uh, and why don't you plug your hotels and, and where people can find you guys? Sure. So our website is vertelhospitality.com. And we have five hotels in the Asheville, North Carolina market. Um, we have a couple IHG properties, um, a couple choice properties. And then we have the beautiful new element opening in July that's downtown Asheville. It's going to be gorgeous. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, awesome. So we'll put the, we'll put your website up on the, uh, on the show notes and, uh, for all you guys that are listening to order up, we really appreciate you guys uh, listening to the show. And uh, I promise I'll get some new material here in the future and we will talk to you guys soon.